What a Day is brought to you by Ulta Beauty. This AAPI Heritage Month, Ulta Beauty is celebrating the joy of belonging, belonging to a community composed of intricate connections, belonging to our past and our future, to the heritage and birthright that is beauty. Ulta Beauty shines a light on the AAPI community, passing the mic to brand founders and creators to tell their stories centered on heritage, joy, and beauty. They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach and Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty Stores and Ulta.com. It's Wednesday, July 7th. I'm Akila Hughes. And I'm Gideon Resnick, and this is What a Day, the podcast that's also a treatment for mild to moderate sunburns with no FDA approval. Yeah, if you hold your phone speaker up to your bright red shoulder, something might happen, but also <laughs> something might not. So Yeah, the question sort of becomes, uh, how bad do you want to feel better? Yeah, I mean, I think not bad enough if you're not doing this already. <laughs> On today's show, Dr. Abdul El-Sayed joins us to talk about vaccinations in the U.S. and some responses to the Delta variant. Plus, we'll have headlines. But first, the latest. So please get vaccinated now. It works. It's free. It's never been easier. And it's never been more important. Do it now for yourself and the people you care about, for your neighborhood, for your country. It sounds corny. But it's a patriotic thing to do. Yeah. I mean, even beyond being patriotic, it's like a life-saving thing to do. He's, he, he said that, too, though. Uh, so anyway, yeah. that was President Biden uh, yesterday, once again, encouraging Americans to get vaccinated. But, of course, that plea came after America fell short of a goal that he set for July 4th. The administration wanted to hit 70 percent of adults in the country with at least one shot of a COVID-19 vaccine. And they came up just short at around 67 percent. So that's very close, but still a little bit missing the mark. Yeah, that's right. And this came after the White House used a lot of different tactics to try and reverse those falling vaccination rates, while at the same time dealing with the more transmissible Delta variant that is now the dominant strain in the U.S. Mm -hmm. In that short speech he gave yesterday, Biden set a new goal, 160 million people fully vaccinated by the end of this week. Right now, we're less than two and a half million people away, so it seems like a possibility. And to get there, he emphasized a localized approach to getting people shots, like more mobile clinics, opportunities to get vaccinated at work, getting employees paid time off for vaccinations, and more. So to talk about all of this and everything else going on, we're joined again by epidemiologists, hosts of America Dissected, and much, much, much more, Dr. Abdul El-Sayed. Welcome again to WAD. We are so lucky to have you. Gideon and uh, Akila, it is such a privilege to be with you all today. Oh, well, thank you. We uh, we love having you. So let's start with those July 4th goals. As we mentioned, the country came up just short of 70% of adults with a first shot. So what strategies to encourage vaccinations do you think worked and what might not have? Well, I mean, everybody heard the man. And at this point, if folks aren't vaccinated, one really has to ask what gives. I think you know, we have this term vaccine hesitancy, and I just don't think it's really hesitancy anymore. It's yeah. it's really um, hardened into resistance. We have seen, though, uh, the use of incentives in a pretty profound way, whether it was uh, everything from going to get a free beer uh, in, in in New Jersey or uh, or or being uh, enrolled into you know a, a full tuition scholarship or mm-hmm. uh, or or million dollar lottery uh, in places like Ohio and, and most recently in my home state of Michigan. And it turns out that you know if if you give people an incentive 
incentive um, to do the thing that they really ought to do as if, you know, 15 months under lockdown was not an incentive enough or the mm -hmm. potential of dying of a disease that killed 600,000 people was not incentive enough. You could also win a million dollars or go to college for free. <laughs> um, and so th those are starting to work. And uh, I think they've, they've had a lot of impact um, in some communities. The, the reality of it, though, uh, is like all things pandemic, the vaccine has also been politicized in a way that has been really detrimental. And um, when folks take something as simple and life-saving, as safe and effective as a vaccine and turn it into uh, some sort of referendum on, um, on, on, on their sense of who they are, uh, given their political identity, I think it is really hard to push beyond. Um, that said, I really admire a lot of the work that the administration is doing. One last point, though. Uh, is also to say that, um, you know, it's not just folks who are ideologically opposed. There are still people uh, for whom there are real barriers. And I think the the push uh, that, that was just announced uh, yesterday by the Biden administration to get uh, vaccines door to door, to get them in the hands of pediatricians and, and, and doctors uh, in, in any circumstance, you know, even emergency rooms, um, somebody comes in and they've got some acute pain, you, you make sure that on their way out, they've been offered a, a, a COVID vaccine. I think those things are going to be really helpful. And uh, it's important for us, even as we uh, we, we think about the ideological opposition to also understand that for a lot of people aren't as easy as they may seem if uh, you're privileged enough to you know have a car to get where you need to go to be able to take time off work. Right. Totally. I mean, maybe they should throw another million dollars, pony up, just keep, keep coming up with millions I mean, for people to just do the thing. I'll get a third dose, honestly. If, 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 <laughs> yeah, I'm, you don't I'm just kidding. Me. I really won't get a third dose. That's not recommended. <laughs> uh. You know, these are just jokes. But I mean, if we don't hit 70% and we miss out on herd immunity through vaccines, like how major of a problem is that? We've seen some other people saying, well, we'll get there just because enough people will get sick or whatever. But like, what's the truth, man? Well, this is starting to become the tale of two pandemics. And uh, there is one for people who've decided to get vaccinated. We get to go out and have brunch and uh, enjoy our lives as if it was 2019 again with some caveats. Um, but for others in communities where people have not gotten vaccinated, uh, we continue to see outbreaks and outbreaks not just of your garden variety COVID-19 uh, circa July of 2020. You're talking about right. the Delta variant, which is both man more transmissible and evidence suggests may, may also be more deadly. And um, that means that in, in these communities, people are going to continue to struggle with COVID-19, even as uh, in, in, in major urban centers where there are high uh, degrees of, of, of vaccination uh, that people are, are you know, coming out of the pandemic, so to speak. Well, last weekend, several Republican governors got together to urge their residents to get vaccinated. Uh, but a Washington Post ABC poll found that 47 percent of Republicans were unlikely to ever get a shot. So is there anything else that Biden could do so people would put their health before party? Like, is it too late for conservatives who've been led astray until like 15 minutes ago? It comes out tomorrow and says that his election was, wasn't real. Yeah, exactly. He's like, okay, fine. <laughs> Please get vaccinated, whatever you need to hear. Listen, listen. Okay, fine. Look, I, <laughs> I do give plaudits to uh, these Republican governors because as crazy as it sounds, um, by doing this, they're risking a lot of political ire uh, and opening themselves up to attack from, uh, unfortunately, the de facto leader of their party, who is the uh, former president, uh, Donald Trump. And so, um, you know, we need more Republicans to step up. But but really, I think part of this is the goal of putting this vaccine in the hands of primary care doctors is a really important one, because in a number of rural communities, one of the most trusted people uh, in that community is, is the primary care doc. And 
right. if that primary care doc can both have a conversation about the vaccine with somebody and then immediately offer it to them before they leave the office, that can really be an important uh, uh, source of uh, of 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 increasing vaccination rates in, in some of these communities. You know, again, if if sixteen months in lockdown and uh, six hundred thousand people killed doesn't move you, at some point the the real question is what will. Yeah. And also on Delta, so in recent days, Johnson Johnson said that their vaccine was effective against it. Um, then we have the health ministry in Israel saying that according to some preliminary data they have, the Pfizer vaccine is still you know extremely good at preventing the severe disease, um, although less effective at preventing an infection in the first place. That number was a new update. What should we take away from these developments from different places uh, and how should it affect how we view the variant? we're not dealing with the old status quo. There are a lot of people who say, well, I lived through those first several months of the pandemic and I didn't get sick, so what's the big issue now? Well, um, COVID-19 is not the same thing as it was uh, a year ago. We're talking about a, yeah. a, 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 a variant of a virus that has made it more transmissible and data suggests also uh, potentially more deadly. And so um, you're, you're taking your life in your hands in a situation where we have a safe and effective means of preventing the virus. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, last week, L.A. County encouraged even the vaccinated people to keep the masks on when they're indoors, which is incredibly frustrating uh, since it's different from basically all other domestic guidance that we've seen. And it comes after this rushed reopening that lifted all those mask mandates. Uh, but based on the science that you've seen about the Delta variant, is that advice that you think everyone, wherever they are, should follow? Well, it really depends on where you are. If you're in a office setting where uh, people are required to verify their vaccination status to enter, uh, I would say that you're good to go without wearing uh, a mask, right? Um, the risk is that the way that the uh, mask information was rolled out created a space where people who are not vaccinated could free ride uh, mm -hmm. on other people's vaccination status because we weren't verifying vaccine status. And so wherever you may be out in the public in an indoor setting, you don't necessarily know if the people around you who are unmasked have also been vaccinated. So my recommendation is this. If you know that everybody's uh, vaccinated, I wouldn't wear a mask indoors. If you don't know that, you would be okay not to, but um, but uh, it would be um, prudent and uh, less risky for both yourself and the public to, to put that mask on uh, in um, a public space where people uh, are not verifying vaccine status. Perfect. Yeah. And finally here, you know, we're past the peak of summer. And before we know it, um, we are going to hit fall and winter again, unfortunately. Um, so what is your expectation of what we're going to see in terms of infection rates as temperatures begin to drop in certain places around the country? Um, and to the point that Akila, I think, was driving at, how insanely difficult is the prospect of reversing course on public health guidance if and when there's a change in how things are looking? Yeah, from what we understand so far, uh, and it only, it's only been a couple of seasons with COVID-19, is that this is a seasonal virus. And part of that is, is mediated simply by uh, human behavior. When we, when we are in colder climates, we are more likely to go inside and uh, we're, we're more likely to be huddled closer together. And, and that increases the potential for spread. And in those communities uh, that are largely unvaccinated, the risk of Delta spread in the fall uh, is likely to increase. And the numbers that we're seeing now creeping up, you know, in the middle of summer 
uh, are, are likely to accelerate in the situation where people don't make the choice to get vaccinated. So that really is a scary thing. And even worse, you know, where this scenario gets even more uh, dangerous is if we have a, another variant against which vaccines are not highly effective. That is really the scenario where, um, where people's unwillingness to follow uh, mass guidance, uh, that, that, that's the scenario that I'm worried about. So let's hope that we don't get there. Um, let's hope that more people choose to get vaccinated. Let's hope that we get vaccines out to the rest of the world. Um, and let's hope that we can, we can finally, finally put this pandemic to rest. Uh, a dream. Yeah. Well, epidemiologist Dr. Abdul El-Sayed, host of America Dissected, thank you so much for joining as always. And for the listeners, catch the latest episode wherever you get your podcasts. And that's the latest for now. It's Wednesday, Wad Squad, and for today's Temp Check, we're talking about continuing efforts by the Olympics to make itself worse. A roster oh. unveiled yesterday by USA Track and Field showed that the country's fastest woman, Shakari Richardson, will not be competing in Tokyo this year after she tested positive for weed. Richardson's 30-day suspension knocked her out of the 100-meter dash by voiding her first-place finish at the Olympic trials, but there was still a chance she'd run in the 4x100-meter relay race since it takes place after her suspension ends. USA Track and Field declined to put her on the team, though, even though they have two discretionary picks they could have used to select her regardless of her performance in the qualifier. They chose the sixth and seventh place finishers in that race instead, saying, quote, we must maintain fairness for all of the athletes who attempted to realize their dreams by securing a place on the U.S. Olympic track and field team. So for anyone who is looking forward to watching Richardson become the star of this year's games, this development is truly heartbreaking. Gideon, what is your reaction? Yeah, I mean, I think it is heartbreaking, um, heartbreaking for her and all the work that she's put in and her family. Um, it's a major bummer. And obviously, you look at a situation like this and you're like, OK, these rules just have to change. Like these rules have to, at the very least, like be looked at and maybe we do something different in the future because we have just had a scenario in which the person who was going to win gold, the person who is like one Already of the fastest world humans. records. <laughs> yes. Like literally one of the fastest humans on the planet is not going to be able to participate in the sport that would have demonstrated that ability. And that is like just crushing for her and her family, like I said, and for people who were going to be excited about watching it. Um, so, yeah, like it's obviously people are like, you shouldn't be punished for something that is so insanely minor also in a state where it was and is legal mm -hmm. um but this really just seems like a situation where it's like okay we got to look at these rules because these rules are not working um yeah. and they're stupid as hell and this is like the prime example yeah fully I yeah see. but how are you feeling about all this <laughs> Uh, I mean, I, you know, I think about all of the different things that have come out from the Olympics in the past few weeks, and I see a trend, you know, Simone Biles can't perform the tricks that only she can do because she's pulling too far away. Uh, Shakira Richardson, you know, obviously there was a, a rule against ha having weed in your system, but this is the fastest person on earth being punished. Uh, you know, Nigerian relay teams are being sidelined because of really small technicalities. Black women who compete in swimming are told they can't 
wear specific uh, hair caps because it doesn't, mm. you know, fit the shape of a human head. Because I guess most humans don't have hair. I just don't know exactly uh, what the point is. But what I, I do know is that there are a lot of people who are making billions of dollars. Uh, and most of them are white, <laughs> selling marijuana while there are black people in jail and now black people being kept out of competitions that I'm sure they would win even by more if they weren't on weed. Right. Like, she's doing them a favor, if anything. Uh, so it just, it, it you know, harkens back to just the idea of meritocracy and how the goalposts continue to move. Um, but, you know, to the point about it being marijuana, I think it's just it's really ridiculous when, you know, so much of the world is legalizing it or at least decriminalizing it to punish someone, an athlete uh, who I can't imagine is getting more out of that. You know, people are like, well, it's it's an anti-inflammatory. I'm like, OK, so you can't take Advil. Oh, right. So you can't drink coffee. Like, what's the line? And and what is more dangerous? You know, we're not stopping all of the athletes from drinking. That's part of the Olympic Village, you know. So it's I think that it's it's a real pick and choose time for <laughs> for the Olympics. And I don't love it. You know, I think that I'm probably going to watch a lot less of the track events now because what's for me, what's the point? You know, like I, I'm happy for these other athletes, but if they're not competing against the best in the world, then they're just running. But, you know, just like that, we've checked our temps. Stay safe. Uh, if you're working for the Olympics, maybe ask yourself why. And <laughs> we'll be back after some ads. What a Day is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She absolutely deserves the best. And that's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, your wife, your auntie, even your granny, okay? Anyone who deserves flowers in your life mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be holiday specific. You get flowers, you're getting flowers, <laughs> everyone's getting flowers. <laughs> Go to books.com and use promo code WAD for 25% off. That is B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code WAD, Books promo code WAD. What a Day is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers. They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Plus, Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. We love fast-growing trees here. I keep telling you that the many plants that I've gotten from these folks are yet hanging on. Um, and that's not because I have a green thumb, okay? This spring, Fast Growing Trees, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code WAD at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code WAD at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code WAD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. 
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Therapy is great for, you know, you know that thing that just is like sitting on your shoulder, you can't get over it, and you just sometimes need somebody to talk through it with? Therapy can be helpful for that, you all, okay? You got to get it off your chest, you know? And you can do that with BetterHelp. So visit BetterHelp.com slash WAD today to get 10% off your first month. That's 10% off your first month at BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash WAD. Let's wrap up with some headlines. Headlines. As of this recording, Hurricane Elsa is quickly approaching landfall on Florida's west coast. Already heavy rain and 70 mile per hour winds have been hitting the Florida Keys and the southern part of the state, including Miami, leaving over 12 million people under tornado watch. Florida expanded a state of emergency to cover a total of over 25 counties, and President Biden has already approved an emergency declaration for the state. Now, all of this is happening while rescue teams in Surfside, Florida, are still working on search efforts following the tragic collapse of a large condo building nearly two weeks ago. The death toll from the incident stood at 36 as of yesterday. The rescue teams were directed to put the search on hold if winds there exceed 45 miles per hour. Last night, the Brooklyn Borough President and former police Captain Eric Adams won the Democratic primary for mayor of New York City. Mm. With most absentee votes counted, I know, the Associated Press called the race as Adams led former Sanitation Commissioner Catherine Garcia by 8,426 votes, giving him 50.5% of the vote and edging out Garcia, who received 49.5%. The primary, which started on June 22nd, marked the first time New York City used a ranked choice voting system for a race of this size, and needless to say it had its bumps. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a crowded yep. field with 2020 presidential hopeful and Times Square subway stop enthusiast Andrew Yang <laughs> and former City Hall legal advisor Maya Wiley. Yet Adams stood out as a moderate candidate who campaigned on fighting rising crime. If Adams wins the general election against Republican Curtis Sliva, uh, he will be the city's second black mayor. Uh, after giving us all a masterclass in how not to offer someone a job, mm-hmm. UNC Chapel Hill's offer of a tenured professorship to Nicole Hannah-Jones was turned down yesterday. Instead, Hannah-Jones will join the faculty at Howard University, a historically black institution. To recap, Hannah-Jones was initially invited to UNC without job protection, likely due to the influence of a large donor to the school who opposed her work with the 1619 Project. UNC students, staff, and alums described the move as racist and politically motivated. Hannah Jones explained her decision to turn down even a tenured position in an interview yesterday, saying that, quote, it's not my job to heal the University of North Carolina. That seems to be true. Uh, Hannah Jones will be joined at Howard by fellow MacArthur Grant recipient Ta-Nehisi Coates, who will be a chair in the school's English department. I'm so jealous. I wish I was in college right now. Uh, (laughs) Between 800 and 1,500 companies are currently in the middle of a classic involuntary digital detox after the biggest (laughs) ransomware attack on record locked them out of their systems. The attack was mounted by a group called R-Evil, who are masters of hacking as well as crystal clear branding. Uh, They went after a Miami-based enterprise software company called Kaseya, and then the hack spread to the company's customers in at least 17 countries. Our evil attack 
hacked last Friday before the holiday weekend when instead of focusing on computer chips and software, Americans were thinking of potato chips and soft drinks. Nailed it. Uh, killed it. Uh, you love it. Uh, they're asking for $70 million in Bitcoin to unlock all affected systems, but will also cut deals with individuals for between $25,000 and $5 million. You know, they're not too picky. Our evil <laughs> is believed to be based in Russia and was also behind the hack and extortion of $11 million from an American meat processing company back in May. President Biden has directed intelligence agencies to investigate this latest attack. Anyway, this is a reminder that we still need a holiday that celebrates IT departments. Yes, and my IT department should have told me not to click on the 100, uh, 100 we are evil line yeah. that yeah, I got. Yeah, shouldn't mm-hmm. have done that. Now you're now you're screwed. Uh, and those are the headlines. <laughs> That is all for today. If you like the show, be sure you subscribe, leave a review, do a digital detox, and tell your friends to listen. And if you're into reading and not just good and equitable job offers like me, What a Day is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at crooked.com slash subscribe. I'm Akila Hughes. I'm Gideon Resnick. And, and thank, thank you, you, IT departments. departments. You all are great. You make my computer start, restart, <laughs> stop, start. <laughs> we love it. What a Day is a production of Crooked Media. It's recorded and mixed by Charlotte Landis. Sonia Tun and Jazzy Marine are our associate producers. Our head writer is John Milstein, and our executive producers are Leo Duran, Akila Hughes, and me. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka. As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made In Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made In. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made In Cookware. With my busy life, I use shipped same-day delivery to keep up. When I need a jar of extra creamy peanut butter delivered, I know my personal shopper Amber will come through. And if it's not on the shelf, she asks them to check the bag. Shipped. Delight in every delivery. Learn more at shipped.com.